Hey everyone, we're pumped to be able to share an exclusive trailer with you after the show. From Blue Wire Studios comes Golden Goal, Stories of Soccer Legends. Each Monday, two new episodes will take a look into some of soccer's biggest stars and the moments that define their careers. All narrated by Brandon Kelly, the host of Blue Wire's Always Cheating Podcast. From Holland, Zotlin, Messi, Rapino, and many more, each episode will focus on the historical plays and personalities that make the sport great. So stay tuned after this episode and check out Golden Goal, Stories of Soccer Legends, wherever you get your podcasts. What up, what up, everybody? This is Double G for the Fight Game Podcast. It is Fighter Fest versus the Great American Bash Night 2. John LaRocca joining me. And uh, yeah, we're just mostly talk, going to talk wrestling here like we did last week. Um, you know, there, there will be some other the, there'll be some other things that I, I may ask John about. But uh, but otherwise, John, what's going on? I'm doing really good, man. It's uh getting ready for my daughter's fifth birthday tomorrow which will be when people probably listen to this will be her birthday on july 10th so so exciting times at the rock house right now five years old it's kind of unbelievable i know i just i just i just still think of her as that little little teeny girl you know so it's amazing and so she's excited though she's she's really excited for her birthday and and it's, she has some some cool surprises we have planned for her tomorrow so it's going to be special so i think I remember your wife being pregnant and helping out at premiere shows even before Chloe was born. Oh, yeah. And then Chloe is born and then she's kind of like, you know, she, she's in she's in the she's in the little stroller or whatever. But and then she's, you know, kind of right before premiere ended, she was able to to kind of get around a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then she got to go in the locker room and. She took pictures of a bunch of guys and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uncle Jeff, of course. And it was a great one of her and J.R. Kratos in the title belt. And, you know, and she met uh, Nicole and Ray's and Shayna. And, you know, so it was it was really cool. A good time. And now she's <laughs> wants to watch wrestling. She asked me again today, want to watch wrestling again, Daddy? And I was like, oh, man. It's, good. it's a good way to, uh, you know, do something that she knows that you enjoy as well. I think that's what it is. I think she just... She's becoming a fan, but I think she just likes to do something with daddy, right? Yeah, of course. Uh, okay, so a um, couple of things before we get into this show. Like I said, it's going to be mostly Fighter Fest and, and, and Great American Bash. Um, I did a show with uh, Big Dave Meltzer uh, on Monday. We talked about UFC 251. So if you haven't heard that, we, you know, we kind of broke down how Jorge Masvidal is now in the main event of this show. Uh, is I also isolated that segment from the podcast on Monday, put it on YouTube. You can find it on Fight Game Media as well if you just want to hear that interview. Uh, Also, that was our first WCW Saturday Night Show, and I I think there was a lot of interest Mm -hmm. from people on Twitter because it's just a kind of an interesting time where, um, you know, business is not good, but it is still interesting and it's still fun. And it's sort of like, um, you know, kind of today where, you think about how wrestling is and like there's very few casual fans who who are watching right now and that was exactly how it was in 1992 now the business in of itself 
is in so much better shape today than it was mm-hmm. in 92. But from that hardcore perspective, like if you're a hardcore wrestling fan back then, you were watching that stuff. So I think a lot of people are enjoying the conversation there. So it's been fun and we'll continue for, for the rest of the year. We'll, we'll talk about that on this Monday. We'll do our second uh, episode, which is I think the July 11th uh, WCW Saturday night, which is the day before the Great American Bash. So that'll be just, fun. Still just... just surprises me like business is down then but like i still hear from people about their fond memories of wcw in 1992 so it's it's very interesting to me so it's been fun man i, I I'm, I'm excited i got more of the, these shows to re-watch because i haven't seen them in a very long time and i'm really enjoying this segment i'm glad we got i'm glad we kind of you know i love the we want flair segments but i just i'm glad we kind of shifted to this it's, it's been a lot of fun also been posting some essays from folks in our uh, Fight Game Podcast Facebook group about first favorite fighter as we will have a UFC show this week. So I kind of wanted to tie those things in. Um, we've got some pretty cool essays. Uh, Paul Fontaine, he, he's got one. He, he kicked it off with uh, Jason the Athlete McDonald. I, I yeah. got a kick out of reading that one. That was awesome. I, that, that really... Uh you know, I saw that. I'm like, oh wow, this. I, I, you know, I haven't heard from, I heard about that guy in a long time, so I just dived right deep into it. Yeah, and then um, we got another one from uh, Ryan Fantasia. He posted about Kimbo Slice. Uh, that was kind of fun because he he was a fan. Um, he 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 was a fan of some stuff, but then he really got back into it with Kimbo. And once Kimbo lost to Seth Petrozelli, he was like, ah, this sucks. This is like, because basically I think he felt like, you know, like most people, right? Like, oh, Kimbo was like not really good. And we thought he was this killer. And then he got back into it because of the pandemic. And he got to see the, um, some of the fights since, since the pandemic happened. So he, he, he's kind of back into it. So it's kind of interesting to read. And then, uh, Seb- Sebastiano, uh, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but Jiras, Jiras, uh, he wrote about another old timer, which is, uh, Olev, uh, Taktarov, which, yeah. I mean, talk about a throwback. So that was fun to read. And then I'm going to post on Friday. Mine's not going to be as, uh, as, Sort of like out of left field as some of these other guys. I'm I'm writing about Chuck, so I have I have a couple of cool stories about Chuck. So I'll I'll, I'll put that up, maybe as, as folks read this and then uh, and then yeah, that'll be kind of the the end of it. But uh, it's been it's been fun. I, I love reading how people got into stuff. And we did the wrestling one like a couple months ago. Who was your first favorite wrestler? Now mm-hmm. we got uh, we got the MMA one. So yeah, my one on Chael because I mean I mean there's other favorite fighters of course, but like Chael actually not only just for just for MMA got me into it even more, but he also helped me change a little bit of my view on wrestling too, which maybe mm-hmm. I should write about that. Cause that, that's a, that'd be fun to write about. Uh, also uh, this coming Saturday, uh, Saturday night is UFC 251. Uh, you, you're going to have to keep defending your, uh, your first place in, in the pickums oh, here. I guess. You you are uh, in first place. Heidi Fang uh, from the Las Vegas Review Journal is right on your heels, and also uh, our, our buddy Nick McMood is right there. Jim Tripp, uh, my son, is right there. Uh, Art Cali, and then I, I, I t- I've been I've been kind of sucking these last two shows, so I got to pick it up. 
Uh, but yeah, so that, that'll be this weekend. So what that means is because there's UFC show, what we've been doing lately uh, for last, uh, gosh, last maybe a couple months now is we've been putting out a show on Monday. And so we were having two shows a week, you know, one on this time period when everyone's listening, and then we'd come back on Monday. But because of the UFC show, me and uh, Mike Gilbert from the Combat Republic, we're going to do a post-game show on UFC. And so then we will have me and Mike Gilbert talking UFC, and then you and I talking WCW Saturday night on that Saturday night, Sunday morning show. So there won't be one Sunday night, Monday morning, but there will be one Saturday night, Sunday morning instead, so that you know the UFC stuff is, is pretty fresh at that point. Um, and the other thing is just, you know, these Rocky podcasts that we've been putting out, Doon and I will have Rocky 3 coming this week. It's my favorite podcast to produce because I'm putting in little bits of audio and we're using Justin mm-hmm. Nipper's music and it's pretty fun to do. So uh, I'm having a kick out of those. And and so, so you know, we're doing three shows a week for the next, uh, we've been doing for these last two weeks and then we'll be continuing for the next seven weeks. So you, you'll get three shows in your feed from us uh, for that time period. Okay. Last thing is uh, I just wanted to update folks on the New Japan Cup. The final, the uh, championship of the New Japan Cup is going to be Saturday. And then they're actually running for Dominion on Sunday. And I think, like, there's fans. They're, like, they're, there's going to be fans at these shows. It's going to be nuts. It, it's almost like a, a shock. Yeah. Wow. The, you That's know, awesome. I, I, it's, it's like, I don't know, 20% of the building or 40% of the building mm-hmm. or something, but there's going to be fans. They got to wear masks and everything. So, and, and then what's scary now, I don't know exactly the, the city that uh, Dominion is in, but I did read a stat today where in, in Tokyo, they're starting to allow like fans. And then just yesterday, maybe <clears throat> Tokyo had its biggest, uh, coronavirus positive day in maybe in forever maybe in since the beginning so scary times uh but okay so just uh for those who have been following our bracket our bracket challenge uh we are in we are at the end i think i have this right if i don't have it right i'll i'll fix it and you know when, when we actually get to the finals but in the finals is evil against okada if evil wins if Evil beats Okada, S.T.E. Allen wins the bracket, Justin Nipper finishes second, and Robert Stockstill and Stephen Goodman tie for third, and the tiebreaker is just match length. Whoever gets the closest on the match length in the, in the final match would actually take third. If Okada wins, Justin Nipper will win the whole bracket. Paul Fontaine will come in second, and Carlos Toro from Fightful, uh, he will be in third. So basically, you know, uh, by by then we'll get the Amazon gift cards out to all finishers uh, by the end of this weekend. So let's go, Okada. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, I guess we should just kick it off with uh, our review of uh, Fighter Fest and Great American Bash, and. You know, I, it was another fun. It was another fun night. I really enjoyed watching 
uh, AEW Live, uh, and, I, and I enjoyed watching NXT, though I will say, and you're going to get mad at me, but the NXT show was literally two matches and nothing but video packages. So I didn't get to see a lot of action, actually. But the video packages were, oh, were great. The Hulu version? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, you know, I mean, what matches did you get? The you got the Mia and Candice, I'm sure. Yeah. And then yep. they probably get on the obviously Coley. Yeah. Well, that's a that's a bummer. I mean there there were some some decent matches on there too, so Okay, so last week we kicked off we, we did Great American Bash, likes and dislikes first. So let's flip it around and we'll do Fighter Fest AW Dynamite first. Um so you're gonna laugh because uh I actually when I started with my likes, I think you're going to disagree with me on this, but the Joey Janela and Lance Archer match. Now, I think everybody knows what that match is, right? You got the wait, wait, big this ga- is your likes. This is my likes. Oh Jesus! You got <laughs> you got the big scary monster in Lance Archer, and you got the little runty baby face in Joey Janela. And there's going to be some cat and mouse, and eventually Lance Archer's just going to catch him and kill him and, and beat him one, two, three. And then, and then that's essentially what happened. But actually what I liked about this match is Janela as the nobody believes in me babyface, but I'm still going to, you know, I'm still going to fight hard because that's just what I do. I thought he had a lot of fire in this match. And look, his, his whole gimmick is is, you know, crazy stunts and grabbing you know chairs and all like that that's how that's his thing and and so you know whether or not you like that part of it i i I don't really care either way like that's not really what i like what i liked is just his fire like i thought he showed a lot of fire especially in the beginning of this match and then they let him you know they let him get a little bit of a comeback there and he got in like two or three moves sunny kiss came in and then lance archer's like okay this is done i'm gonna i'm gonna kill this guy and, and it was over but i i just enjoyed janela's babyface fire and i think i understand now you know because i've i haven't i don't really understand that janela's uh you know sort of his uh fan base like what what people like about him yeah his appeal and i sort of got it in this match and um I liked it. And, you know, the other thing that I'll give him credit for is, you know, on that AEW roster, you have guys who have, um, you know, worked at New Japan and worked in ROH. And then you have a lot of guys from the indies who are, are you know, didn't really, weren't necessarily the top person at, at, in the independence. Yet he was. And I give him credit for somebody who's actually drawn money at, at the level that he has. And he's losing every every week. Like he's he's getting mm-hmm. destroyed every week. And there's something to that where you know he understands the game, and he's he's okay. You know with, with losing these matches, which is why I was fine with him getting that little bit of offense in against Archer because I'm just like, dude, this this guy actually has been successful outside of AEW, and you can't say that about a lot of those guys. And he's you know he 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 knows his role, and so I, I'm fine. I was fine with him getting a little bit of action uh, in there, but uh, I think you know the match. The story was that Lance was going to kill him, and once he caught him, and he eventually did. So I liked that part uh, of the story. Yeah, I didn't like this match at all. It was on. It's on my number one of dislikes. Uh, I, just, 
I just don't I don't see why they gave Joey Janelle so much. I think the idea is for, for with this match was to kind of quote unquote rehab Lance Archer right after his loss to Cody because he hasn't really been on featured on TV as much and and um, you know maybe done some dark stuff but I don't watch that so but but you know this is kind of like his rehab and 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 but like you can't really rehab a guy when he's getting you know bumped by this you know this this little guy you know I mean yeah he showed some fire but. You know, it should have been quicker. It should have been a complete destruction. Um, the whole thing with Sonny Kiss was stupid. He comes out with Sonny Kiss over his shoulders, like he, you know, like he beat up Sonny Kiss. But then, within like a minute, Sonny Kiss is at ringside now, cheerleading. Um, at one point, you know, the baby faces double team the monster heel, which is stupid. Another point, Jake Roberts gets on the ring for no apparent reason, distract a referee for just just for Sonny Kiss to get involved. You don't need to get everyone involved. You don't need to get Sonny Kiss out there. You don't. You don't. And plus, it's stupid too because Sonny Kiss ended up getting his ass kicked again. And the next week, he's wrestling Cody for the TNT Championship. Yeah, but that's why he's on. That's why he was in the mat. That's why he's on TV. Is because that's where they were going. Like it wasn't just you know. I, so, but the, but we saw him get his ass kicked. So now we're excited for him challenging for a championship. Well, I mean, he got the big, uh, he got the big uh, 450 on on Lance Archer, so that was his, that was the move. But so, I know a lot of people said that Joey Janela got in too much, and way so, too much, way too much. So he got in the beginning, he, you know, he jumped him in the beginning and got a couple things, and then he got caught, and then we went to commercial. So I think most people. Obviously, we don't. We didn't see what happened during the commercial, but through that whole time, Lance Archer is kicking his ass, right? And Should then, be, yeah. and so then, Janela gets uh, he 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 gets put up in the the last ride position and and turns it into an elbow. Then I think he hit uh, a senton, and then he hit a super kick. That was it. Like, yeah, Lan- I wouldn't Lan- have I would not have Lance Archer leave his feet. And bump, do any bump. I mean, he could take some offense. He can stumble around a little bit and look like, oh, shoot, Joey Nell's finally going to do it. But then, boom, gets caught. And then, boom, you know, the big, the big move. He don't, don't even need the table spot. Like, that was, the table spot was unnecessary. Like, like, they don't need to go that extreme for this, you know, maybe because it's Fighter Fest, maybe that's why they did it. But, like, I, it well, should I mean, have been it's just, just it's his just finisher. A, it, but it's just a way for Joey to. Take a big bump. I know, get over it gets- as, as as in in losing. But I guess the thing that I was, you know, I because I, I heard this was, oh, you know, he took too much. Uh, there was like three moves. It was like one, two, three, and then he was back to getting his ass kicked. So I didn't see it as, I didn't see it as like this progression of him taking you know too much from Archer. I saw it as quick cat and mouse stuff, and then the reality set. And Archer's like, okay, this match is over. So that's if, how I saw it. If you're trying to get Archer over as a monster, you know, Joey Janela bumping around is going to take that away from him. You know, like if he, if, if Joey Janela can bump him around, then anywhere can bump him around, right? So he needs to be built back up. He needs to be a, a killer again. And, you know, because I don't think, 
I, you know, I understand why they did it. You know, Cody beat Lance Archer for the title and, uh, you know, he needed a big guy to beat a, a, some kind of a name, but I, I kind of would have avoided that. I think Archer's a little more, was a little more special. He felt, I mean, he's super hot coming out of New Japan, right? That's a big signing for them. And now he's just kind of, he's kind of there. And I was hoping this match would be the one that's kind of like really just, he just, oh man, shit, he's back. He's dominant. He's kicking ass. And what's now, now no one's safe now again, right? But. I did not understand, you know, I, this whole Jake Roberts thing was a waste, you know, I, I don't know, <laughs> just, and then this is, like I said, it was stupid, I was getting, I was yelling at the TV, I'm like, why would the baby faces double team this guy, and they just, it's just stupid. Well, they, they have to, though, because he is, but why would it, a, a baby one on face, one. a baby face showing heart and, and fire to win a match shouldn't need his buddy to help him, that's not showing fight or heart, that's just showing no, cowardice. No, this, this, this is the Hardys versus the Undertaker, I mean, that's what this match is, right? Oh. I don't know about that, but uh, no, but that, but that's the style of the match, right? It's the Undertaker is so destructive that there's no way Matter Jeff one on one could take them, and the fans just love the fact that these little dudes are taking this beating constantly and coming back for more. Like that's to me, that's the story that they told when with the Sunny Kiss piece. They should have booked in there. Brock Lesnar versus Marty Boys. <laughs> that's what they should have booked. Well, yeah, I mean Brock Lesnar's a, a a different a different animal, but yeah. um so the other thing oh no go 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 with your with your uh, first like. My first like was the main event. Um Jericho and Orange Cassidy. I was I was almost gonna tweet out this is a brilliant performance by Chris Jericho. <laughs> I was just about to do it when I'm like I'm I'm so confident I'm gonna do it right in this match I almost started typing it up already, mm-hmm. but what lost me and then really I didn't make you hate the match or anything like that I still liked it. Well, I thought they sh- the finish should have been the baseball bat mm. instead of kicking out of the baseball bat. Like why would you let Orange Cassie kick out the baseball bat? Now the baseball bat doesn't mean anything. You don't need to have him have a couple more hope spots. Like, like it's he lost with the baseball bat. Jericho has his heat. OC has a reason when he lost. I like I said, I thought Jericho was brilliant, and probably that probably was a little too much, a little too much added to the, the match that probably wasn't needed. But I thought Jericho until that point was like just brilliant because you know he let Orange do his stuff, but he didn't sell it right. And he made Orange, we're going to wrestle a serious match. You're, we're going to show your fans some stuff. I'm not going to sell it. You're, we're going to have a great match. You're going to be want to kick my ass. I'm going to want to beat your ass. So it, I, I liked it because I felt like these two guys really hate each other. Really, you know, So I really enjoyed it. And I thought Jericho did a great job with Orange Cassie with, with featuring all his spots. And building the matchup nicely. It was going great. I just wish that baseball bat would have been the finish because God, man, it would leave so much more open for Orange later on with Jericho too. You know, like I said, Orange has an out because he lost via the bat. Jericho gets more heat because he beat Orange with the baseball bat. You know, now he, you know, Orange survived the baseball bat and then he's got beat clean with the elbow. So there's, I mean, why do I need to see this match again? Right? So, so there, there is something to AEW's booking when, you know, because they book clean finishes for the most part. You, mm-hmm. you you rarely see anything other than a clean finish. And I think in order for them to still tell the story that they want to tell is they just allow the person who's going to lose 
to uh, be heroic in, in losing. And they probably overdo it in, in, to that extent because I don't think they need to do it as much as they do. But because they do clean finishes, I think they feel like they have to overdo it on that end. Yeah, I think they were just going for that. That that you know, I think he wanted that big. Oh, it's going to be a big pop if you kick out of the baseball bat. And then I mean, he got to we kick go out of few. everything except for I, the Judas effect. I know. I I think as a heel. Man, what more dirty than just taking advantage of that damn bat and beating this guy? I think that would have been great heat, a great ending. Um, Jericho, you know, top heel of the company, just been so great. But, but yeah, I just, I just, I wish they would, I wish they would have went home there. Uh, he does need uh, Sammy Guevara as well whenever Sammy comes back because without Sammy, there's a little bit missing from uh, from that team, the inner circle. Uh, okay, so my second like, and I'm kind of wondering how much we're going to disagree about this, but the eight-man tag was so much fun mm-hmm. from both the standpoint of, you know, WWE has this, um, whenever they want to have a really hot main event, they'll throw together like some eight-man or ten-man tag so that everyone gets their stuff in and just really brilliantly put together and there were remnants of that in, in, in there, especially with, with FTR. And there were remnants of what AW does well, which is just book these insane high spots that, you know, you almost can't even think of, of, of how, how, how they decided to do it. Like the, the, uh, Cana- what was it? The Canadian destroyer yeah, out nuts, on the floor. Man. Like that was crazy. And so like, God, I'm so, I'm so happy. No one got hurt on that. That was uh, scary. It was it was nuts. Yeah. They were moving so fast. Yes, um, yes. And so, like they, they 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 did the things that I really appreciate about those WWE main events, and they also added their own flavor to it. Now, again, it probably went I don't know a step and a half too long because they may have lost like they 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 may have lost the peak, but just amazing that you know for a TV match they those guys went nuts like every single one of them and yeah. that's the that's the best i've ever seen the butcher and the blade like they did not look like they didn't fit they look like they fit in that match and i was so surprised at how well they they worked that match no they're very underrated they had they've had they like i think they had one of the young bucks best matches uh, like a few months ago or you know when before the actually before the pandemic started i thought they had a really good solid tag team match with the young bucks um um, oh, I'm with you. This is my second like. I really enjoyed this match. I, I really the reason why I enjoyed it because it was nuts and crazy, and I I like that about eight man tags and even six man tags. Like I I I don't mind the craziness for that. Like that's there's so many arms and legs and bodies. Like it should be crazy, right? So I I really enjoyed it. I thought. I mean, I'm not 100 sure, but I feel confident that FTR kind of laid a lot of the groundwork to kind of bring make sure everything makes sense um if you notice like in this match there was a lot more focus on the actual tags being made like you know so i I, they were kind of like okay we're gonna structure this to make sense we're also gonna let you guys go nuts and do your thing we're just gonna make it all together and i think that's what that's that's why i really enjoyed it i you know i you know i don't i don't know it's the greatest thing i've ever seen but like I thought it was, you know, I really, I really had fun with it. I, I thought the peak was the uh, power and glory spot at that point. I thought that was mm-hmm. like where it peaked, and I thought they could have, should have gone home 
Because what happened, they should have got home, like it should have been quicker and gone home faster around that time. Because after that great power and glory spot, um, things slowed down Yeah. when Pentagon and Matt Jackson had a stare off. Like, no, keep going. The kick, you know, you 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 had this great moment, and now you're losing it. Keep it going. I think they could have quickly went into where Matt kicks, uh, you know, a dash, and the finish happens sooner after that. It was the this is awesome spot, but there's no crowd. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you, like I, I got it, I get it, but you know, you the, that that was for if there was a crowd there, and there was no crowd yeah. to pander to. Yeah, this uh, yeah, I'm I'm 100 agree with you. I I really enjoyed this match. I, I had a great time. It was part of my my well, it's my second favorite match because I really did enjoy. Oh God, I might even put this first. It was just I still get pissed off at the bat with <laughs> Jericho and OC. I'm like, God, why they do that? But uh, no, I really I really enjoyed these two matches. All right, was there anything else that you that you no that was liked that was it. Everything else I was kind of eh, but like like I was telling this to my friend. Both shows had okay first hours, and I felt really good second hours. So that's why I kind of rate this. These two that's shows. A, that's actually interesting that you say that because I thought AEW lost everything after this match. Not that the Jericho match wasn't good, but they went to that Dark Order segment. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah! Can bad. you imagine if you're watching these things live? Which didn't make my list. The Dark Order segment. <laughs> how, how many people switched off on the Dark Order segment? Yeah, like to yeah. that right, right into Keith Lee and and Adam Cole. How, how did you like? Uh, how, I mean, I meant like the 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 big matches, right? That's why I that's why I kind of graded. But what'd you like about uh, like like you know? Colcabana is on the on the table. The trainer's working on him. There's this big hematoma. This big bruise. Hey, he's good to go. <laughs> it was like the guy looks like he shouldn't be wrestling out there right now. You know, just cracked me up. That that whole that whole thing like it slowed. It basically slowed the AEW show to a halt for me. The Dark Order cannot get any traction. It just it's just like a black hole of that show every every episode. Yeah. Okay, so before we get to our dislikes, let's talk about our friends at Bet Online. Sports are coming back and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. Uh, I'm not sure if Buster Posey is going to be back. Have you heard the latest about Buster? Um, I know he hasn't been in a couple workouts. I yeah, he missed he missed his third out of the 10. Yeah, for you know what? Reasons. Like I like I said on our Facebook group, I stand with Buster. I mean, I I understand it definitely. Totally. Sure. Uh, and there's no better place to start than our exclusive partners, Bet Online. Get in on the action for this week's big UFC fight, or check out odds on NASCAR, Formula One, and the Premier League. Paul Fontaine and Ryan Frederick have their picks on FightGameMedia.com for their bets on UFC 251. If you want to check those out, can't wait for your team to come back. Bet Online has futures odds, including win totals, division winners, and even league championships. Or check out daily simulations of Madden, NBA 2K to watch and wager on. Visit BetOnline.ag and use promo code BlueWire to receive your new welcome bonus. That's promo code BlueWire. Bet online, your online wagering experts. So, uh, how'd you do in the hot dog eating contest? <sighs> I forgot to put my bet in. Oh, come on! But I will, I will, I will. I want to play by play right now. I will put some bets on UFC this weekend for sure. Yeah, I got it. 
All right, so dislikes. I'm, I'll start with the one that I hated the most, the thing that frustrated me the most about this show. <clears throat> the opening match, Private Party and Omega and Hangman. And it wasn't even really... I mean, the match uh, I, I thought was a, a little frustrating, but Mark Quinn tried to be the single most frustrating and irritating wrestler that I've seen since um, who used to do the screams, the woman wrestler in WWE who would do the screams when she thought she had a three count and it was only a two count. Was it? Uh, it no. may have, oh yeah, I think that may have been the the one of the original ones, but uh, Melina, I think Melina used oh, to do it, the- and now and now Carmella does it sometimes as well. But he so. So uh, Omega no, and no, he's doing right. He's doing. That. Remember the movie Blank Man with uh, <laughs> yes, with Damon Damon Wayans. When, when he got beat up, he would scream like a girl. He is Blank Man. I think I think you're, they, you're probably right about that. But dude, check it out. This is weird because the other kid, the other kids, what his name's Cassie, right? Yes, Isaiah. Cassie. He was doing that stupid every time he got chopped or hit he screamed like a like a girl yeah then all of a sudden and quinn never did it, it was just cassie but now quinn did it in this match it was uh, so stupid. so stupid yeah i'm gonna get get behind a babyface tag team that screams like a girl when they get hit like no sorry so he's squawking every time he gets chopped and they're doing this long chop spot he's getting chopped in the chest he's getting chopped in the back so he just keeps going on and on and on and you know Maybe if if he wrestled a good match after that, maybe you, you could sort of be like, okay, you can give, give him the benefit of the doubt. But I just thought he was like in the wrong place, like often. So and bad. even and and when when he got into the right place, it was like it was a fake way to get into in, into into the right place. Like he would have to like scoot over and like you know not not in the in the rhythm of the match. And you know I, I already talked, I already mentioned, uh, I think it was last week about the way that they they just kind of go through pins and stuff. And so now I know that now because I watch their matches through that lens, I'm going to nitpick everything. But yeah, I just was not into Mark Quinn, especially in this match. And he kind of he kind of ruined it for me. It's all about the details, man. We'll talk about later in NXT. But yeah, this didn't make my dislikes. I just had other ones ahead of it. But uh, yeah, this match wasn't good at all. And like private party city, they, they don't they don't. They shouldn't be really on. They shouldn't be on TV. I, I um, they need a lot of work. You know, they need to be sent somewhere. I had to hope maybe they, they could, should. You know, what they should do is they should wrestle uh, Dustin and QT. Just you know, I don't know on Dark. Maybe have like a seven match series on Dark or something. I would, they just need the. They just need the reps. I would send them to Japan if they could. When things open up, I would send them to. I don't know if they're. Of course, I don't think they have a. They won't have anything with New Japan, but. DDT, I know DDT has a lot of craziness and wackiness. So, but when it comes to like fundamentals and training in their dojo, I'm sure they train just like every other Japanese uh, promotion trains. So, I would send them there and and even and even put a put maybe put a note like with them. Hey, we want these guys to get better at, at their psychology, their ring work, fundamentals. And we know that DET is known for a lot of you know fun and goofy stuff, but there's also a very serious side of DET. We want them to be put in the serious side because that's what we need from them when we bring them back here back to the states. That's what I would do with those guys. What was uh, what was number one on your dislike list? The FTW Championship. <laughs> so stupid. 
Okay, so so I have a question for you about this. Do you think it is a play on anything uh, WWE or or Impact is doing, or do you think it is their attempt to do the uh, the UFC's BMF title? Like, like what what's the inspiration for this? Do you think? I th- I think the inspiration is that Tony Khan was a fan of that. 98 ECW and remember the FTW title and thought, hey, maybe we can use this as a way to introduce that. But what I didn't like about it right away, I thought, now I don't know the finish to next week. Um, I mean, it, you, you would guess Moxley's going over. That's what I'm leaning towards. And when I saw this, I thought, oh, shoot, maybe he's not, maybe Cage is not winning and, and Mox is retaining, right? Either way, it's stupid. And I'll tell you why. First, so if Cage wins next week this ftw for one week title was 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 pointless right yep yep if cage loses next week now he's the ftw champion of a belt that means nothing and he has already lost so he's gonna it's just gonna do damage all the way like there's no there's no history for this championship to happen there's no reason for see when taz introduced it in 1998 he was frustrated because he couldn't get a match with Shane Douglas. Shane Douglas is injured, and they kept pushing the match back, and he just kept getting pissed off. Mm-hmm. And Taz is like, screw it. People know I'm the baddest motherfucker in this in this company, and I'm, you know, you know, F the world, and I'm the champion. So I'm the FTW champion. He introduced the people know, they, you know, they might not be recognized by ECW, but the fans recognize me as the real champion, right? Blah, 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 blah. As a real bad guy in this company. And there's, but there was history leading up to that moment to happen. There was no reason for this. It was delayed a week, the match. One week. So what's the issue? Just so, it's just, it's just, um, you know, pigeonholed in there for no reason at all. It's not going to mean anything. It's just going to hurt Brian. The only thing it, it, it helps is that keeps Taz's brand going of yeah. FTW. And that's the only thing that helps. It only helps Taz and it shouldn't. It needs to help brian cage and it's not and it's not it's just it's, i was so pissed off about this someone brought up on twitter out of a twitter conversation with someone and they're like well it's like same thing as the million dollar belt like would you think the million dollar belt was stupid i'm like no the million dollar belt added heat to the character of ted dibiase why because when he came in the million dollar man he tried to buy the championship right he tried to buy it he did but then it got reversed by jack tunney so he failed at that and then by hook or by crook in the ring he tried to defeat macho man and hulk hogan for the championship and couldn't get it done so now this son of a gun this this cocky rich bastard with all this money creates his own championship calls himself the million dollar champion laughs about it in everyone's face because he can do it because he's that he's a millionaire that's just that's good heat this is just pointless i didn't understand it at all and and if you if you wanted to give this to him after he lost to Mox, and let, let's say that Mox kind of scrapes by, and and Cage is it looks like he's going to win, and then Mox just sort of outsmarts him at the end. Like, sure, then you can you know that's a way to keep Cage going while Mox feuds with somebody else. But I just didn't get it in the context of what they're doing for this uh, next week. Yeah, I mean, I kind of hope. I don't know if I'm tired of Mox as champion or anything like that, but I'm, I was kind of hoping that. I think the unit of Taz and Brian Cage is very good. Like I think Taz is, I think Taz overall is doing a great job, and I would like to see 
them go with him as even going with Brian Cage as a champion and but but <laughs> Brian Cage drove me nuts in this episode. Okay, <laughs> did you see what he see what happened? What did you think he what did he, think he did what did he do differently this this week? You know his take uh, back to back. Well, I, 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 the, the thing that I made sure to do is check out if he's wearing a shirt or not. That's okay. I'm exactly. Sure. So he comes out with no shirt on after last week. He came out with the shirt on. Jim Ross makes that comment like, if I was, if it was me, I would never have Brian Cage walk out there with a shirt on, right? Because he, you know, he looks like a, like it's just like a freak, right? Mm-hmm. With all his muscles. So Brian Cage walks out with no shirt. I'm like, oh, thank God he listened to Jim Ross. And he goes out and he looks at Jim Ross and goes, huh. <laughs> like a meathead like bro <laughs> just work Why you, like, huh. like, you gotta who? give him a give him a call you gotta send him a dm <sighs> i haven't talked to him since apw did it's, or it's send just, send it through uh send it through someone else who who he he, may, he might listen <laughs> just god dude like just like it's just everything's like everything's so like ha and <laughs> just work it man you're you're going for the freaking championship next week a big money match right and they wasted this whole thing was a waste of time. Everything else leading up to it, Brian Cage and Mox has been really good. I've been really enjoying it. But this was a waste of time. Tash just got out there and cut one more big go home money promo to mm-hmm. build me up to watch that match next week. And Brian Cage needs to look menacing behind him. Mm-hmm. Or doesn't even need to look menacing. Actually, Tash should be in the foreground and Brian Cage should be in the foreground. He doesn't need to say anything, but he just needs to flex. He needs to look mean, nasty, like like he, like you you can visualize in his brain that he can see himself ripping mocks apart. That's what I wanted to see. It, we waste our time with FTW. I mean, I don't mean to knock Tony Khan or anything, but like I think it's more of that kind of like fanboyish thing. Like, you know, the he enjoyed the FTW thing with Taz and he kind of like, oh, this would be kind of cool, you know? Yeah, I I agree. It, it, it didn't really make my list because I, like I was sort of amused at Taz, but I definitely I definitely get what you're talking about because it, it's just a it, it's like a, it becomes a prop at some point. Maybe I mean, maybe it's a prop to sell toys or whatever, but it's still a prop. It's a, it's like, you know, you, you, you've created these these championships that are supposed to be meaningful and you, you only have a few and then you just add this prop to the mix. It didn't and, it didn't seem. Yeah. And if you remember the million dollar belt, he he cre- created it. Was that nine? Is that 89? He created it, I believe. I think it's 89. He created it. But he rarely, like, I don't remember ever them talking about, like, the titles on the line until, like, late, like, 1990s, like, when it really kind of started. And then, you know, with Virgil and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So, like, when he finally started, hey, I'm going to put this, t- this title is on the line, it kind of meant something, you know, even though it wasn't a recognized championship. But just because he had it all the time, he flaunted that, Tibby Osley flaunted that title all the time like you wanted to just take it someone take it from him you know and, and here, here's another way to think about it right is if who is is brian cage supposed to be for aew um you know maybe he's not the brock lesnar but you know if, if brock uh you know brock, brock wouldn't have a fake title because he he would just go win the you know win the real mm-hmm. one yeah so i uh, you know it's it's also like who is brian cage to to that company as far as is he a beast? Is he Brock? Is he is he Bobby Lashley? And if he's Bobby Lashley, then you know, then maybe 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 you can have the prop belt, sort of like MVP ha- has the U.S. title. So I don't know. It's just uh, I, I think I think they're I think if I, if I was to guess, the idea is to try and create 
so many segments for your TV show so that people don't change the channel. And having Taz do an interview every week is great because he, like you said, he, he's been killing it. But also figuring out how to keep how to how to keep him as a character it might might be a little difficult as well yeah and then they, i know they try to do with the you know the big announcement stay tuned it's gonna even tony khan i remember he, i saw a tweet so lame he's gonna it's gonna change the wrestling world so that's where i kind of see where it's gonna change the, the landscape AEW, whatever he said but that's where i kind of see like you know his you know because he was a fan and like we all were and and i think he's probably was a fan of that time frame of ecw and and remember that championship and I mean, I, I totally forgot about that championship until you know Taz brought it out. But. Well, well, right, yeah, right, right when, he, you know, right, right when he pulled it out, like I was like, okay, now, now, now I figured out w- where they were going with it. But it just, it just, it there was no, there was also no tease to it, right? It was just like, oh, we're just yeah, gonna do this this week. Like I said, because like I said, there's no reason for it because it's the match, the t- championship match has only been postponed for one damn week, people. Yeah. Uh, okay, so my second one was just the Dark Order thing. I I thought it really, if you're coming off of that hot tag team match, then you go to Nyla, then you go from Nyla to, to the Dark Order. You're 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 basically just giving those fans a reason to go watch Keith Lee and Adam Cole. So I just thought that was a that was a mistake. I do one one. It's fine. Do either Nyla or do the Dark Order. But you can't do those segments back to back and expect people to stick around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It didn't make my list. I had another one, but uh, it it wasn't. It was a. It definitely took the wind out of your sails, right? If I was, you know, switching back and forth, which I, which I don't, I watch one after another. I definitely could see myself going. I'm gonna check what's going on in this because this is this match is going. This match is sucking, and I don't even care about this dark order. Like I said, it's a, it's the black hole. They should it's call it the black hole, and it sucks because you know I think. Brody Lee as a character because of the high expectations he's colder than he was you know as Luke Harper right now yeah I he's I, I, but then again you know <laughs> Brody Lee could always he could be just one of those guys that everyone's like oh man he's so great and we he thinks he, he just needs to break out on his own and they really need to push this guy but he could just be one of those guys that's better as a background character yeah d- d- definitely all right, well, what was your next dislike? It, it was a small little segment, but it drove me nuts. This could be the worst performer going in wrestling today. Swole. <laughs> Sheesh. I, they aired this. They aired this. This is taped, and they aired it. Like, her coming to the building. We were talking about Bill Watts on Monday. Mm-hmm. If this is Bill Watts AEW. She'd be fine her dumb ass for showing up halfway mm-hmm. through the show over rolling her bag. Like, mm-hmm. and then she, and then she, this is like what, there's like what, 45 minutes left of this TV show and she's coming in the building. Like, what's she coming in the building for? I guess she's going to be, maybe she's going to be on dark later. I don't know. But, but she comes in and she goes, Oh, you here to talk to me? Like, yes. The, the interviewer is facing you. There's a camera coming on you. Yes, they're here to get it. Oh my god, this is so. And I don't know. I, I don't know what people see in it. People really like her. They think because and she has some charisma, but like I haven't been impressed in the ring. I have definitely not been impressed with all these segments they give her. I don't know, man. It's just like wow. I can't believe this. They they, they let this on the show. So that's what my, my last one was. Well, the, I mean, it, it's for Brit, right? So they, you know, if you're in a program with Brit, 
Brit is is a little bit of a, of a fan favorite right now. So whatever whatever Brit's doing, you gotta you gotta keep it going because she can't wrestle. And when they do, like it's gonna be bad because they both can't wrestle. They're both not that good. Like Brit's like I think Brit, she might be the manager actually for Nyla Rose. Now I think about it, she, and because I think that's her role. I think she would be a great, not as great because she was the best. Sherry Martell, mm-hmm. like in that role, because I think she has, you know, she does really well as a character. Her talking's gotten a lot better. She's finding herself with this character, this heel character. But I just see her as a really good manager. You know, ring stuff's not her, not her, you know, forte. She can do some stuff, but yeah, she's not that good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, what 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 else uh, was on your dislike list? That was it. That was it. Those were the three. I usually do keep three, keep it three, but. Uh. Yeah. All right, so we can now move on to the Great American Bash. Uh, I will lead with. Uh, I mean, I mean, I think you know this is whatever you you say about the main event. It was mm-hmm. a really good match, uh, but I want to make it really about Keith as who he can be. I just think he. I just think the guy's special. Like yeah. there are certain guys who um, may you know maybe better workers that you know your Tommaso Ciampa's, but I don't know if WWE as, as, as an entire company, you know, there, there are some guys who've been there for a long time, Brock Lesnar, Randy Orton, like those guys are, are legit, right? They're, 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 they're upper echelon, upper tier, but you know, then the next level to me is kind of like drew, um, and, and guys like that. Obviously AJ is great. Daniel Bryan's great. But I think Keith Lee is like he has such a ceiling for whatever you know, being that babyface that that just that you know because there's WWE historically is a babyface company, right? You have mm-hmm. Hogan, John Cena, Stone Cold, The Rock, uh, Roman Reigns, and, and they are historically that that babyface company. And I just think like if you if you ask me, okay, in two years. Who do you think has the has the best opportunity to be their biggest star of guys who, you know, who I'm not talking about guys who are in their late 40s or in their mid 40s and have been stars forever. I think I pick him. There's just something about that guy. Now, I'm still not the biggest fan uh, of his selling like like that's just not what he's best at. But he's got something, and and I really, really hope that they take advantage of it because I think he could, you know, in, in a time where you know WWE has has trouble with with booking baby faces, like, uh, not say that he's foolproof, but he is like right on a platter for them right now. Well, I think they see big things for him, you know, just by the fact how they booked him at Survivor Series, how they booked him at the Royal Rumble, they gave him that moment, Brock. Like, I mean, when they show highlights of that, they only show him taking it to Brock. They don't show him getting eliminated or anything like that. Like they leave all that off. It's they, him getting eliminated. didn't mean they just, they wanted that moment, that mm-hmm, highlight, mm-hmm. the, uh, that sound bite, just so they could show that. And of course, here you go. They, this was something they were, they were definitely planning. Like they were, you know, for him to be the NXT champion. And I really, I really love, I really, I really love this match. And I mean, of course, back in my mind, I'm like, 
Why does it have to be COVID right now? Why is yeah. the pandemic happening right now? This should be in a big. It's, it's, a, it's almost like a miss. It's almost like a missed moment in a sense. Yeah, it, it, but it's no one's fault, right? It's just we're we're playing. You know, like I mean, I don't. I, I think if you can't really hold this off too longer, right? Like it's, you know, I they, they just did it here, and and but the match was still good. I was so impressed with it. Is is my obviously a like, and I just love the story of the match. I love the psychology. I like the layout of the match. I thought because you know. I really like Adam Cole. I think he's a tremendous performer, but his size yeah. always kind of it's in the back of my mind. I think of him because unlike a Daniel Bryan or um, an AJ Styles, like he doesn't have those broad shoulders, or, or right? e- like e- even Shawn Michaels, right? Because you know Shawn Michaels, you you always look at him as a smaller guy, mm-hmm. and then he would get on one knee and do the double bicep, and you go, okay. He, yeah. he, he's got big arms. Yeah. Yeah. No, like, yeah, he, you know, he was jacked and, you know, like those guys are jacked and they, 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 they carry their muscle well and they looked, you know, they look powerful. Um, you know, he's a little too thin for me. I kind of wish he would add some muscle, you know, I, but I don't know if he has a genetics for it. Like, you know, his body, like he has a smaller chest instead of like having that big wider chest to, to, to just put it in perspective. Um, I was uh, uh, at one of the Starcasts. I was standing right next to Sean Waltman. Mm-hmm. I think Sean Waltman's bigger than Adam Cole. Yeah, yeah, no. Sean, Sean's tall. You know, Sean Waltman's tall. He's like he what? He's about what five eleven, six. Foot? I, I, I would I would say looking eye to eye, he was my height, and I'm five ten. Okay, okay. I mean, he's, well, I'm, I'm short, so he's taller than me. <laughs> but uh, um, you know, but I, I enjoyed because I was like, okay, man, that size difference. How is this gonna work? Right. Is it? I know they're going to have a good match. I felt, I just felt like they wouldn't have not have a good match, but I want to see the, the psychology with it. And like just beginning, like I thought was really good. The side headlock by Adam Cole. And I was thinking like, like he had it locked on so good. So you can tell like, you know, he had applied it correctly. And that's why he's, he's, he's able to control Lee a little bit, but then he also can feel like Lee can just power out of this. Right. And he does. Um, you know, Adam Cole used speed and quickness throughout the match. He used the jumping uh, push kick, right, multiple times in the match, which is so brilliant because that's what you would do as a small guy to a big guy. You would keep him at a distance, right? You don't want to get grabbed by the big man and slammed around. But eventually, of course, Keith Lee did. Um, I enjoyed the pacing, you know, maybe because I already saw the big wild eight-man tag on the mm-hmm. other show. Mm-hmm. So I really enjoyed the the, the psychology and the story. I thought whoever, I mean, I'm sure they all... You all know, put this together. I'm sure Lee and Cole and whoever was the agent in the match. It feels like I feel like you know Triple H definitely was probably involved in it because you know it's, it's the big moment. And you know I'm, I'm God. It seems like you know maybe Sean too because like I thought the I thought the story was telling the psychology and the work by you know everyone in the match and uh, even the referee Brewer did a great job. Like I thought it was I thought it was just a really good piece of pro wrestling, man. The one thing that I hope for Adam Cole is the one thing that he does have is like charisma out of you know, just coming out of his pores. Mm-hmm. And I hope that allows him to, you know, whether, I mean, maybe he just stays at NXT, but if they, if they have other plans for him at the next level, uh, I, I just hope that he will be able to use that charisma to overcome his size but it's going to be hard. It is he he is not built for as far as his just what what Vince looks for. He's not necessarily built 
for that. And and I almost kind of hope, you know, he stays at NXT. But then for him, you know, it is that you know, you you always look out for what they want. Like, does he want to to try to to go to the next level? Maybe he does, and and then you you just root for the best. I I think if you bring him up, you bring up all all the whole crew. I think he that's where his that's where the lack of size benefits him when he has the crew as a heel, right? Because now he's relying on these other guys to help him win matches too, as well. And you know they interfere, just adds heat. So I, I you know I, I you know that I, that's what I would do. I mean I wouldn't bring Adam Cole up by himself. Um, I would have him you know at least with all all other three members of undisputed era but uh, at least two of them you know maybe you know i don't know what's gonna happen with strong and all them but you know just it'd be interesting yeah that's how, that's how i would do it I, they, they if he's gonna go up to the main roster they're all going up but they're also all small and i don't know if that bodes well necessarily for the the group well no but the, if they all work together they it could it could make sense and you, you know that's that's the heat, right? These little guys are, you know, he's interfering. They're they're, they're helping each other out. That's how they that's how they defeat the bigger guys, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe if maybe if they if they can come up and they get attached to somebody else as well. I don't I don't know how that works, but I I, I would just hate for Adam Cole to be the top guy uh, of that and then come in and then just get you know then they just start getting beat up. Like I would love to see a top star kind of attach himself to them so that they're a little bit protected, but uh, we'll see, you know, who, who knows, who knows what happens. I, I, for, for all I know, like he's gonna, he's gonna stay on, uh, on NXT and probably for his, his betterment. Cause he's so good. Like the the whole crew is so good. You know, they're a main event, they're a main event crew on NXT. So, uh, so I do, I definitely hope that if the, you know, if there are plans that they're very well thought out plans, yeah, I mean, if it was me, I would love to not have them not leave, and but eventually too, like any any, I would say territory, but any kind of show, you know, you do need to change it up, and that's one benefit by WWE, like they can you can send them up to the main roster and and some new crew coming in and freshen things up. All right, so like I said, the only other stuff outside of uh, outside of the the women's match was video packages that I saw, and I and. They were really good video packages. They mm-hmm. were building up the Keith Lee match. Um, they were building up the show for next week, which looks great. Uh, and and I you know I'm looking forward to that. But they were just video packages, so I don't really have anything else uh, until we get to our dislikes. Yeah, I mean I I enjoyed you missed the match, but I really enjoyed the uh, was it El Legato, the the Fantasma six man tag with. Your favorite team, Fandango, and Maverick. <laughs> I, I just, I just thought that match was just a good wrestling match, and everyone did really well. I really liked that uh, Elegato de Fantasma. I really liked them as a trio. Um, they all work really well together. Um, you know, Raul Mendoza is just a, such a phenomenal worker, and then um, you know uh, Santos Escobar. I mean, super charismatic without the mask. Thank God they, you know, they took the mask off him and. Um, you know, and he just he just has a great presence, and so I would like to see him graduate from the the cruiserweight title. You know, because I think he has just a great upward mobility, like you know, with the with the with the main championships and the North American Championship, and you know, it's a good group. So I really enjoyed that match. Anything else for you, uh, likes? Yeah, uh, the well, we talked about video packages. Um, I really coming off last week's episode. You know, I'm a Tegan Knox fan. I really like her, but like I thought that. Because of the over overselling of her, you know, 
being shocked when writings would go away or when she won the match, she was shocked that she won. Kind of like did my interest of seeing EO or versus, uh, versus Tegan. But I thought they did a really good job with this video package to kind of get me back a little bit into it because I really like what Tegan was doing. Like, I don't want to be the known as just a comeback girl anymore. That's, you know, I'm, I already made my comeback. Now I want to be the girl that's going to win. I thought that was stuff was, was really good. And I always, and I, and, and, I, I was kind of like really into this video and EO's talking about like, you know, I don't need a support system. But then I was like, well, they got, she just had an Oscar helper. And sure enough, like, boom, Tegan's like, you know, oh yeah, you don't need some friends, but you had Oscar last week, you know? <laughs> so I thought that was just good, good stuff, you know? So I, yeah, that, that video package was awesome. And of course the, you know, the Cole Lee stuff leading up to it. I mean, it's already hype for that match as it is. And, and that stuff's attitude. I like the, um, you know, Mark Henry coming in, Drew McIntyre uh, saying who was going to win. So, I, you know, that kind of stuff. I thought that was an added extra, nice extra touch. I don't know if you saw that. Or, you know. Yeah, there was, there was, uh, I definitely saw that um, when they were picking who they thought were going to win. Even, even good old Mick Foley was on that video. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mick was the last one. You're right. Uh, okay, so the thing that I disliked, and I, I, I did not dislike the effort. I didn't dislike the uh how hard they worked but i did not like a lot of the mia yim and candace match and you know when you have like that no holds barred that hardcore match there is something to um you know changing your normal sort of what you do in in normal matches and i don't know if it took mia a little while but um, there was like three three times in in the beginning of this match, and I think I actually did get a little bit of a cut version of it, where she's supposed to take this big blow, and the thing she's most concerned about is getting her hair out of her face. And so you'll you'll remember this, but they they perched the table in, in the corner, yeah. and she was like teasing that she was going to German suplex Candice through it, and then I think Candice kicked her or something, and so she does this kind of weird dazed fall back in, into the table. She didn't break it, but she like, kind of stood against it, and I think she was thrown off because the thing that she was concerned about was getting the hair out of her face, and so she did this like weird thing, and so I was like right when I started seeing that, I was like ah oh, like now I can't now I'm not going to be able to 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 just not see that whenever she does that so that threw me off uh for for most of the match um i also like, thought this it's like, like me with trent beretta fixing his right exactly what you said you, you were saying last week yeah. um and also i thought the psychology was a little bit was a little mixed up in this match with the brass knucks and all that stuff um but yeah i, I don't know I wasn't i wasn't that i wasn't too big of a fan and i, and I kind of like the aggression in the feud and so i i wanted to like the payoff or, or the you know the the no holds barred match and then they did the the finish where no one conclusively wins and it's like you know just the way that they do that sometimes i i just i just felt unfulfilled at the end of it um it's all my this is my dislike my only dislike was this match here um not that like just like you it wasn't the effort because they those women freaking beat the hell out of each other um you know the both took some crazy bumps that last bump the swinging neck breaker off the table into the, the stack of chairs is just <laughs> freaking nuts man that must not have felt good obviously um the kendo shots chair shots very stiff and physical it was missing intensity mm-hmm. for me it was missing that they really wanted to kill each other, you know. Um, and they should have because they've been wanting to kill each other backstage yeah. like every show. Yes, it was, it was, it was, I wish they would have found 
that intensity that Mia Yim and Dakota Kai found. Uh, remember when Dakota took that crazy bump through the table and mm-hmm. had the stitches in her head? Like all that stuff leading to that was nuts. Like they had a really good brawl, and and I felt like these two girls hated each other. And here I felt like they were going to they're doing from they're going from stunt to stunt, right? Yeah, they're, yeah. they were just setting up, uh, you know, tables, a you know, table, you know, chairs, and the big table spots, the finish, and. That's I mean, that's that's what really made me disappoint. I was really excited about this match too because you know they've been really both those girls have really stepped up their game in the last few months, and um, I just they just they kind of missed just missed the intensity part. If they would have had that, I would have just loved this match, but they didn't. All right, I will tell you the other part that I did not like about this, and this is because I did get one segment <laughs> outside of what I was talking about, which is. The Robert Stone thing. They put that in there? They put it in there. <laughs> they, I, I told him. I said, hey, he watches the Hulu version. <laughs> Give him this. He loves Robert Stone. They, uh, where he tosses the coffee at Killian Dane, and then he gets mm-hmm. beat up, and then Shotzi you know, kind of runs over him a little bit, and he does the scream like he's been killed. And so, you know, we talked about this. You know, okay, so you know is Rhea how does Rhea come out of this she wasn't on the show at least yeah. from what I saw she moved um but you know okay so how does this improve the the Robert Stone brand or whatever and I was like it didn't improve it it just made it more dumb for me now the thing I want to ask you is because I think you've been pretty adamant that you don't think that this is a play on Tony Khan no not at all so wrestling observer radio Brian Alvarez and Dave Meltzer have this conversation about what 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 are what what is the parody here? And Brian Alvarez says, "Well, of course it's Tony Khan." And Dave says, "Well, I can't say that because every time I say that, people get mad at me. But I saw one of the promos that Robert Stone was going to do that was off television, and he was very heavily into the analytics." piece of of uh talking about the analytics stuff and that was like tony khan's big thing right was analytics and how they're going to use analytics Mm -hmm. and so what i wonder is is if it started out as like a tony khan diss and then they kind of decided that oh you know we're not going to change the way he looks but it's it's it it may have started out that way but you know it's going to be its own thing no no it started out i think things did change a little bit for him but not that way. It was. It was. I think he was a different. Like I said, it was not. It wasn't Tony Khan. It was a different Tony, and the analytics part kind of fits the character that he originally even still is a little bit of. I think he, now he's kind of been more of a little bit more slapstick. You know, it's like a mm-hmm. stuff. But uh, we'll, we'll see how they're going. I think. The, I think. I, I will. Like I said last week, I would like to see him build a stable of girls. I think it'd be interesting. I kind of like. I know you might not like this, but I kind of like the idea of him. You know, him and Dakota and Reyna with Aaliyah. Like, I kind of like that idea. I like. Kind of like that trio of ladies with him. And is Mercedes Martinez a heel or babyface? She, gosh, she looked like a heel. The way she her she was who, who she be? Oh, Santana Garrett. Yeah. And uh, um, yes, I. She seems like a heel. I mean, because they're building people up for heel, right? So, Mercedes Martinez seems like she could be the enforcer part of a stable, or she could be the one that's the crown jewel of the stable too, right? This veteran, the longtime lead, you know, the, you know. But yeah, she definitely could be a badass too in the group. But I, I, I like, I, I love the Dakota Reyna Gonzalez. Um, 
uh, Raquel Gonzalez, God, his old name is Raiden, Raiden Gonzalez. Raquel Gonzalez treat, uh, duo, I think it'd be cool with Robert Stone and, and Aaliyah could be like the member of the bumping that bumps all over the place, you know, like she's kind of like the, 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 the annoying little gnat that's in the group that's kind of gets her mouth, runs her mouth too much, gets in trouble. The other people have to kind of fix. And then, you know, I'm sure Robert Stone's going to find his uh, mojo. I think it's like a slow, slow process. I'm, I'm guessing. All right. So you watched both two hour shows based on your feedback. I'm assuming you liked NXT better than AEW for the night maybe slightly but i had a I overall had a tie i like i said i thought it was an hour show and we picked the best stuff i think you know i think they're you know i mean i would probably edge out just because cole and lee was so good it was just it was just another you're not high you're, level of performance you're, you're you're i mean you don't get those moments every yeah. every week on tv it was just a classic and in, in my opinion i mean it would have been an all-time classic if we actually had a, a you know, fans in the audience, and and speaking of fans, honest, you got to get a message out, and you probably could do this better than I, because you have may have a little more connections, but you got to tell Tony Khan, don't have your women's champion in the audience. Stop that craziness. But you think about Jungle Boy was out there with his shirt off in the audience. Just don't have Jungle Boy. You can have Marco Stunt. That's fine. Don't have Luchasaurus out there either, because he's a big dinosaur guy. Like, why would he be out there rah rahing? And God, for my please, God, don't have MJF out there. That was I just hate it seeing him out there as a fan. They're watching these shows, so um, that's why I kind of I mean this the NXT people because they're just they're 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 just the students, right? Or the next you know. Other than I'm big high on uh, my boy Kona Reeves. I think he's going to be a superstar, and uh, I don't like to see him out there, but uh, he's out there, so. You know, but yeah, other than that, like I, they have people that you can't um, really tell. And I think people they've been putting kind of on the hard cam side are people they are high on, like, you know, Rich Holland, I think I saw on, a, on the back there. So, yeah, just, yes, yeah, stop that. Please, AEW. I, I, like, there was no reason for Sheeta to be out there just for Nyla to you talk to her. Like, well, I mean, she, to the she, had, she, she had to make that face like two times. <laughs> yeah. And she has to wear that big shirt. <laughs> you know, like gosh, Jesus. Um, yeah. So, uh, so that is, uh, but you know, the, the thing about these last two weeks, it really was like, okay, you know, Fighter Fest or Great American Bash, whatever you know, whatever one you liked best is, is fine. You know, from from a rating standpoint, uh, the overall viewers went to Great American Bash both nights, but uh, AEW still won the coveted demo both nights. But to me, like the whole, the, like the whole thing, is that I, it's probably because of, uh, of the uh, of the shutdown, and and you know they're they're trying to find creative ways to to keep the audience engaged. But I was just like, man, like this was like having like two Clash of the Champions like head up against each other like yeah. two weeks in a row. Like it's just like, man, this is this is fun. Yeah, the winners are the fans because we, you know, we have we're, we're we're blessed to have two wrestling promotions, you know, and 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 good going at it. So it's just, it's just adds to our excitement. We get to do the show, we get to talk about it, and you know, so yeah, it's nothing but a good thing, man. I know, I know, people can get, I can get really frustrated at AEW and stuff, but God, I don't want them going anywhere because you know, 
you know, people, boys need to work and need more places like that. So Will, Will Hobbs was in a dark mm-hmm. match and then he was on TV as well. He was. Yeah, he'll do. He has another one, too. Next oh, week he does. He? Too. Yeah, awesome. he's I, I can't say it, but he he did really well. That's all I, got, that's all I should say. Good. Good for him, man. Yeah. I mean, he stood out like when, when he was on TV for the 10 seconds or whatever. I was like, oh, there, there he is. How could you miss him? Yeah, yeah, he's a he's a big kid, and and you know he's uh, worked hard, and you know hope he hope he gets something. I really do. All right, so uh, that is here. Uh, that is it for here. Uh, we will be back, like I said, on Saturday night, Sunday morning. Going to bring in Mike Gilbert and John, and I will be back with our WCW Saturday Night Review as well. So uh, for John, I am Double G. We'll see you when we see you. Peace out. This is Brandon Kelly, the host of Blue Wire's new podcast, Golden Goal. Messi takes everybody up. Messi has got it! From Lionel Messi to Marta to Pele, our show takes a deep dive into soccer superstars. 2-0, and he's... What a World Cup for Megan Rapinoe! From Zlatan Ibrahimovic's brash confidence with the play to back it up, to Megan Rapinoe's heroic outspokenness and World Cup flair... Each episode examines a personality of the world's game. We'll dig into Maradona's Hand of God performance and subsequent downfall. The teenage trio at Dortmund that signaled the next generation of superstars. And that infamous headbutt that slung Zinedine Zidane from glory. Golden Goal. Soccer stars and the moments that made them. Premiering this summer on Blue Wire.